Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. So let's go through these principles. Uh, this is probably one of the most pragmatic messages that I've done uh, because I want to make sure that you guys can uh, take these principles, apply them on your job, uh, in your ministry, in your businesses, uh, principles and constructs from the Bible that if you know how to bring them out of the Word of God, you, they will be useful and palpable for you. So one of the first principles I gave you uh, as we're doing this series is what you put into your heart will come out of your mouth. We understand that uh, when you got dirt going in, it's going to be dirt coming out. So you're either going to be a person of treasure or a person of trash. you got to understand whatever you put into your heart, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. If you're still cussing folks out, you got something wrong with your heart if you call yourself saved. So you need to get into the Word. You need to pray. You need to press through. You need to worship more. You need to study more. You need to listen. stop listening to all that old... R&B stuff, that, that old laying down and all that other stuff that you listen to and reading certain books and looking in certain magazines that's causing you to be carnal so that you can get the presence of the Lord inside of you because you must decrease so he can increase in you. The second principle was speak what you expect, not what you're experiencing. A lot of times we talk about the things that are around us, the vicissitudes of life. When they hit us, that seems to be the, the thing that we focus on the most are the things that's going on around us. And, and sometimes when you start talking about the things that's around you, you don't experience what God wants to do through you. Y'all processing? Okay, that's why you're quiet. This is a talkback church. Y'all know that, right? Okay, the third principle was you can never be successful on your next level until you connect to people who will make your spiritual baby leap. What I was talking about about this is you need to be around people who encourage you, around people who can speak life into you, around people that even they might not even say anything to you, but it, you want to be a better person just being around them. It's just the, the quality of life that other people are living in. You, you get around them. You go, man, they just they just make me want to press through. They make me want to read the word more. They make me want to love my wife more. They make me want to live right. There are people that you can put around you that you that you see their lives, you see their marriages, and you say, man, I want some of that right there. We got people like that in our lives that I see what they're doing. I see the levels that they're on, and they make my spiritual baby leap because I want to do better. I want to read more. I want to study more. I want to be a better pastor, father, a, a better husband. All of those things because other people are around me that are pushing me to my next level. There are people around you that can push you to your next level, but you also have people around you that are leeches and they're pulling you down to their level. So you got to discern what group of people are you around. If you're around people that's always leeching off of you, you may need to detach from them so that you can find some other people that'll make your baby leap. Can somebody say amen? Apostolic fathering is learning through the pain of another person. It's good to have a mentor. Mentors try to keep you from falling into potholes in the road. That's a chapter that you might want to read in my book because we all experience potholes in the road. That means that sometimes you're just tooting along in life and all of a sudden you hit something that make you do a pause and you think about what kind of damage just took place. Uh, when you're driving your car and you hit a big pothole, which is real easy to do in Indian Trail because all of this construction going on. One time I hit a pothole so bad it knocked my car out of alignment. And so you, you hit this pothole and all of a sudden you go, ooh, man, did I damage anything? That's this, that's this pause that you, you think. And then some of you talk to your car, you're all, baby, you all right? 
Y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. Because, you know, you've been, you've been tooting along with that ride for a long time, right? You want to make sure your baby's all right. You know, you okay, girl? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't see the pothole, right? Amen. But when you hit a pothole in the road, it's something that you didn't expect. See, life sometimes can have a series of potholes. You can just be tooting along real good and the doctors say you have cancer. You can be tooting along real good and you lose a child. You can be tooting along real good in life and all of a sudden they give you a pink slip when you walk in on the job. You can hit a pothole in the road, so you need some apostolic fathers or mothers in your life that, that can help bring you up when you're feeling the lowest. Hello, somebody. Then I had another principle here. You will never be a useful vessel until you learn how to honor the vessels God is using to lead you. Until you learn how to honor other people, why would you be honored? See, the best leaders are those who know how to follow. If you don't know how to follow somebody else, you will never be a good leader. And a leader that's doing everything on his own is doing nothing but taking a walk. You're not leading anybody. So you got to learn how to follow before you can be a good leader. And then the last one was when you connect to the right people in the right place, you can visualize the right plan to produce the right outcome. Boy, somebody need to say amen on that one right there. Because you can get around some people, man, they will, they will make you visualize stuff. They will begin to talk to you. They will begin to take you on a level. And you go, my God, I never thought on that level before. I never thought I can do that before. I never thought I could accomplish that before. Why? Because when you get around the right people in the right place, you get a better vision for your life. You begin to see things. You have a better idea about your destiny and your purpose in life. But you got to be in the right place in the right time, right? And if you're not in the right place with the right people, then you won't get a vision for where you need to be in life. They would be the people who drain you, people who pull you into those areas. Sometimes when you go back around people that you used to hang out with, come on now, everybody in here wasn't born saved, right? All right, I just want to make sure I was in the right church. And so since you weren't born saved, you probably still have some unsaved friends that you probably knew back, back in the day, right? And, and, and if you don't watch it, they can pull you back into some things. If you get around certain groups or cliques, you begin to talk again like you used to talk. You, you begin to think like you used to think, and that's when you have to the process, go back and do an assessment and say, you know what, I don't need to be around you guys anymore. I got to get back into that place again, in that secret place, that place where I can be in the right place with the right people so I can get a vision and get the right plan. Listen, if you don't have a plan, don't worry about it. Ain't nothing going to happen anyway. You got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. If you got a business, you better have a business plan. You got a ministry, you better have a plan. You want to start a church, you better have a plan. You want to raise a good family, you better have a plan. Amen. And then I talked to you a little bit last Sunday, too, about getting your personal development plan, putting that together. I showed you how to do that. And then Wednesday night at Bible study, I showed you my plan, how I get it, put it together. It's a very practical thing. It's, it's fluid. It's not, it's not rigid. It's fluid. Your plan should be fluid. The ebb and flow of your plan can change. Amen. And so we begin to talk about those things. And we're going to talk about these plans a little bit more going into 2018 because I want you to assess in the next six months where you are. And if we don't have a plan, you will not get to the next level of your destiny. Can somebody say amen? The Bible said write the plan, make it plain so that he that really can run with it. But if you can't run with your own plan, why would somebody else? Amen? I'm talking fast, so you got to listen fast. All right. So I want to get through those principles because I got the new stuff now. Amen. So right now, what I want to go through very quickly is I want to give you five key characteristics of being a useful vessel. Five. Somebody says only five. Five key characteristics of being a useful vessel. Let me give you the first one. The first one is courage. Courage. 
See, see, one thing about courage, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is deciding to move despite your fear. See, 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 think, it, 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 it doesn't mean that you're not fearful. It means that, uh, you know what, even in my fear, I'm going to continue moving. See, that's what courage is. Uh, and and one, I, I, had to, I was not going to put this on the slide, but I thought I should. In an age of conciliation, compliance, and compromise, many persons in leadership positions today find it difficult to stay above the fray of wavering convictions. And what I mean by that is, uh, we, if you read my book, Mixture, I go into a lot of times when people get on certain levels or they make a certain amount of money or, or they achieve a certain level, they have the propensity to compromise. Sometimes money will make you compromise. Sometimes people will make you compromise. Because you don't want to let certain people down or you have a certain resource stream coming in from a certain person or a certain organization and they might cut that stream off if you don't compromise. And see, you cannot compromise. You, you have to have character. You have to have courage, but you got to have character, too. And courage is what you need to keep your character. And the moment you need courage the most is when you feel the worst. And when you feel the worst, it's like when you get criticized. Oh, man, you need courage big time when you get criticized, right? Because if you don't watch it when somebody criticizes you, you might start criticizing yourself. Amen? I'm telling you, I'm talking John Lofton now because I get it a lot. As a pastor, I get criticized all the time, right? That's why you better not be a pastor unless you got some courage. Otherwise, you, you're not going to make it. Because we get criticized. I'm a big boy. I can handle criticism. I should be able to handle it. I was called for this, right? And so, so listen, but maybe you grew up and somebody criticized you that, you that you loved. And sometimes when you go through those situations, it's difficult to get through that because that was a person that was supposed to give you loving words. But instead of giving you loving words, they gave you cutting words. And words go down deep, saints of God. It, it, it sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. It's the biggest lie I've ever heard in my life. Words hurt you. They go down deep into your spirit. And there are sometimes you can be 40, 50, 60 years old, and you're still living based on what somebody said when you were eight. This is why we have to have courage. Let me, let me, let me, let me give you some scripture here uh, very quickly here. You've got to have courage. Deuteronomy 31 and 6. I don't have it on the slide, so put it in your notes. Deuteronomy 31 and 6 says, be strong and of good courage. Good, gracious of life. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, when this prophecy came forth, this was when Moses, he was 120 years old. Moses was about to die. God had already told Moses that he was not going to be able to go over into the promised land. So this was his fair well sermon. He was talking to the children of Israel, but more importantly, he was talking to Joshua. Joshua was the one that was about to take over the reins. And sometimes when you are following it in the footsteps of a, of a pivotal leader, it can be difficult for that person that's following. Come on, somebody. That's why sometimes it can be diff difficult for him because he's following in my footsteps. But the Lord says, be of good courage as I was with Moses. So shall I be with you. 
So, saints of God, you got to understand God gave your own unique anointing. You don't have to be like, talk like, act like no one else. He gave your own unique anointing, your own gifts. He gave you your own destiny. If you just operate in your lane, stay in your, don't try to get in somebody else's lane. That is not where you need to be operating. You're going to get hurt. You're going to be going down the wrong road. But if you stay in your lane, God, if God didn't call you to prophesy, stop doing it. But if he called you to evangelize, do that. If he called you to lift people up and exhort people, do that. If he called you with the gift of administration, do that. If he gave you the gift of healing, do that. If he gave you an apostolic gift, do that. If he called you to be a prophet, do that. If he called you to be a pastor, do that. If he called you to be a teacher, do it. Because can't nobody beat you at being you. And I would never want to be somebody else's counterfeit when God told me to be an original. That's why you can't allow culture to, to redefine who you are. God is the one who says who you are. Amen. And if you, can, you can, if you can base who you are based on how you think, if your thinking determines your sexual orientation, we got a problem. That means my thinking can determine my ethnicity. Then I can think I'm Hispanic. And, I, and you better respect me as a Hispanic because that's how I think. If we're going to go down that road, saints of God, this is the road we're going down. You're going to think you're a man. And I think I'm a dog. And do you realize we got people that way now? We got a man in Pennsylvania dresses like a dog, acts like a dog, eats out of a bowl like a dog. Because he thinks, he's, I'm telling you the truth. We got a man now that thinks he's a dragon. See, when you go down these slippery slopes, there is no moral compass. And when you take God out and the enemy comes in, you can be whatever you want to be. If there is no definitive understanding of destiny, then you got a world that's run amok. That's why we need God and we need churches and we need pastors to preach the truth, regardless who come in and fill the seats or not. Hello, somebody. Now, I'm not mad. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. Y'all know I ain't mad at all. Let me give you another scripture to encourage you. Psalms 56, 3 and 4, it says this. When I was afraid, I will trust you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do unto me? You notice the first thing he said here? He said, when I was afraid, I will trust you. See, the Bible never said that you wouldn't be afraid. Because the Bible knows that you still contend with this flesh. That's why the Bible says that, 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 you know, that you don't fear because he hasn't given you the spirit of fear. The, notice, it's the spirit of fear. Because your spirit never fears. Your flesh is what fears. Because your flesh didn't get saved. Your flesh will never be saved. Your flesh is always going to want carnality. It's always going to take you to sin. That's your flesh. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. Somebody say the Holy Ghost. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. That, that Holy Ghost is what keeps that flesh down. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Hey, glory to God. And so when you do fear, the Holy Ghost says, Come on, we can still do this. Come on, take courage. We can do it. I'm with you. Come on, somebody. Say, I'm with you. Take courage. You can do this. What can man do unto you? He can criticize you, but he can't stop your destiny. See, the only man that can stop you is you. The devil can't even stop you because he's already defeated. Y'all know that, right? And so we got to stop blaming the devil for stuff because the devil is defeated. And so we need to start acting like Christians. 
Okay, I got a um and a mm-hmm. And that's right. Okay, I'll go with that. <laughs> Evangelist Billy Graham said this, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are stiffened. Good, gracious of life. See, when you get leaders around you that in, despite heartache and confusion and conflict and people mouthing off and stuff, and you got a leader that still stand up and keep moving, you stiffen your spine and say, well, shoot, I can do it too. Hello? See, this is why it's important to have fathers in the house. Because, see, a father is supposed to set some standards in the house. A father is supposed to come in and say, I know, I know we got some problems right now. I know, I know, I, I might have lost my job. I might, we might not have the finances that we need. But that father is supposed to come in and stiffen everything up and say, look, but we're going to make it. Right. Amen? And see, and a single mother, single mother, you do the same thing for your children. Because there ain't nobody else. You come in there and say, look here, you better get your little self together. I don't have time to be playing these kind of games. Well, you know, I'm going to my daddy. No, your daddy ain't here right now. But I'm here, and I, and I got a belt. Hello? Sometimes to stiffen the backs of others, you got to do a little disciplinary action. You know, when, especially when you have a failure to communicate. I don't know, see, how y'all looking at me right now? I guess they don't, see, see, I guess they don't discipline kids like they used to. That's why I get to see them on the train acting all crazy. Because we need to be disciplining our children. The reason our teachers are having so many problems right now is because the parents are not doing what they're doing. And then when you want to correct the kids, the parents come in there tripping. I think I'm talking to the right church right now. Because what I know, that's why I, can't, I cannot be a school teacher. I, oh, Lord, no. I haven't gotten delivered yet. And so, so I know as a man, I would have been like, no, no, son, I'm not going to deal with you. You get your mom up in here. Get your dad up in here. That's who I want to deal with. That's why I can't be a school teacher. I would need many, many of you to get in sackcloth and ashes in prayer because y'all had to pray me out of jail a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's make some confessions, because I don't believe you can get this in your spirit unless we confess some things. Amen? Amen. So you want courage, right? Yeah. All right, let's confess this together. Read it with me. I am strong and courageous. I will not fear what man can do to me, because the Lord would not leave nor forsake me. Come on, somebody. You're strong. You're courageous. You don't have to fear what man can do unto you. You got the power of God inside of you. Can't no man do anything to you that you don't let them do. Amen. But we can stand strong and say, you know what? Every time you come around me, you criticize me. But no longer. I'm not going to receive this from you anymore. I'm not going to allow you to ruin my day anymore. I'm in control of my day. You're not going to come over here and ruin my day. No, no, uh-uh. I'm not going to allow. And most of this is from family. No, sometimes you're going to have to say, look, no, I'm not talking to you today. You know, I can't, I can't do it today. And that's okay, saints of God, but you got to discern that. Amen? And be courageous about it. I know you're going to be scared, but be courageous. And so, no, not today. I'm not going to deal with this today. I'm going to keep my sanity today. Amen? Get in control of your own life. You are in control of your life. Don't let nobody else control your life. If you get around people and say, every time I get around that person, I don't feel good. Well, stop getting around them. Make a decision. Amen? Amen. Am I helping somebody today? All right, let's get to the next one. Commitment. 
Somebody say commitment. commitment. This is commitment. Commitment in the Webster's Dictionary says the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause. But a biblical definition is the state or quality of being dedicated to a man. And that man is Jesus Christ. See, we got to be committed to Jesus. Can somebody say commitment? commitment. See, 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 uh, let, me, let me just make this statement. It's a general statement. So if you get convicted when I say it, that means I'm talking about you. But if you don't get convicted, then you know I'm rolling on to somebody else. See, there are some people in the church that want the pastor to give 100%, but they give 20. Now, like I said, if this ain't about you, don't worry about it. Let it keep rolling. But if you got convicted, I'm talking about you. Amen? But you want the leaders to do 100%. You want everybody serving to do 100%, but you want to do 20. You want to do five. I'll come if I want to come. Not understanding. You ain't hurting me. You're not hurting the leaders. You're hurting yourself because the Bible says don't forsake this similar together. But if you do forsake it, that means you're going against God because God told you to bring your butt to church. I'm trying to help you stay blessed, okay? That's all I'm trying to do. And so you are supposed to get together because you're supposed to come to a place where you can be encouraged. You can build peripheral relationships with other people. You got some other people going through the same stuff you're going through. But the enemy wants to do some two things. He wants to isolate you and insulate you. And if you allow him to isolate you, then you will be insulated and you will build up walls. But things about walls, nobody can get in, but you can't get out either. Amen. All right. So let me give you some scripture here. 1 Kings 8.61 says, Let your heart therefore be wholly devoted to the Lord, O our God, to walk in his statutes and keep his commandments. Man, this is good. Uh, listen, you can't get a whole result with half commitment. You want me to say that again? You can't get a whole result with half commitment. You can't have a good marriage and you half committed to it. You can't, you can't complete a degree, but you have to take the classes. How are you going to complete a book, but you only read the table of contents? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You say, I'm going to read the Bible, but all you complete is the copyright date. You, you can't get a whole result, saints of God, with half commitment. That's in everything. That's in life. That's in church. That's on your job, that's in your career, that's in your family, that's in relationships. And let me tell you something about relationships. A marriage is not a 50-50 relationship. A marriage is 100% of 100%. We both give 100%. If I gave 50 and she gave 100, that's 50% and they're missing. That's where affairs come in. All right, y'all don't want to talk to me today. I don't know what's wrong with y'all. Y'all need to wake up. Y'all don't want to talk to me today? You're listening? Praise the Lord. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm, 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 I'm going to keep on moving then. I'm taking it in. Listen, listen. Can I give you another scripture? Let me give you Luke 23, 46. This, this is powerful. The Lord gave me this one, and I didn't quite know how it was going to fit in until he explained it to me. This was when Jesus was on the cross. It's powerful. He said these words. He, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. Listen to this. Father... Into your hands, I commit my spirit. It's the word parathetimi, and it means to entrust or commit into the keeping of my spirit. So this is what Jesus gave me. He said, he said listen, for him, Jesus did not die halfway, and he doesn't expect us to live halfway. See, when Jesus said, into your hands, I commit my spirit, right after that, he said, it is finished. Yes, it 
He didn't die halfway, so we shouldn't be living halfway. So you can't get a little halfway into Jesus. You got to get all the way in or you're not in at all. He said, if you're going to follow me, you got to follow me all the way. You can't be halfway into Jesus. You can't say, well, I'm going to just test this thing out. No, you can't test drive Jesus. Either you're saved or you're not. Either you're living for him or not. You got to know the principles of the Bible stand true. There's a difference between being saved and unsaved, holy, unholy. There's a difference between light and darkness. Unfortunately, we got a lot of churches are graying that area now because of the tithe. And they want the money to keep coming into the coffers because they got a huge mortgage. And they're willing to compromise. See, sometimes when you get on certain levels, you compromise because you want to pay that mortgage. But if you just follow God, God will make sure the mortgage is paid. Listen here, let me tell you something. I, this church is 10 years old. I've never begged for money from nobody in this church. And I've never, I have never ever said that you would curse if you didn't give 10%. I never told anybody in this church ever that you would curse if you didn't give 10%. Because I trust God. I don't trust you. Now, I hope you don't feel like that's a slight. It's not a slight. But my trust is in him. And I hope your trust is in him, not in me. That's what I hope because our, our hope and our trust is in God. Hello? So because I trust God, I don't have to beat you up. Because if you don't give it, God will bless somebody outside this church to give it because he does it. I don't, I don't have to do it. I'm a Bible teacher. I'm not a beggar. I've never begged anybody for money. I can make my own money. And Elaine and I are blessed based on what we give, by the way, not based on what you give. See, I wish I could just, man, I need to just take a whole week and just teach on giving because we don't even know how to do that anymore. And so, listen, oh, speaking of giving, you ain't not supposed to even be giving halfway. Right? Now, listen, can I, let me just deliver you. You know you delivered from the tithe. So stop limiting yourself to 10%. Some of y'all need to be giving 20 now, see, there you go. There you go. You see, you, you heard that? You heard that? Yeah, you heard it. You heard it. Oh, see, see, there he goes. Did I ever beg you for anything? No, I'm trying to keep you blessed. If God told you to give 20, you give 20 because God told you, not because a man told you. That's why I don't tell you 10% because God might be telling you to give more. And then you might have less. It is not my job to tell you what you should be giving God when God speaks to your spirit. I guarantee you're not going to find this teaching in a lot of churches. I bet you you go somewhere next Sunday to find teaching like this. You're not going to find it. I promise you you won't. I promise you you won't. Now you go on somewhere and people come in here and get free to give, then they go somewhere else and get in bondage. They can have it and they can stay in chains. Hello, somebody. I'm trying to teach y'all some good stuff here today. Let's do this confession. All right, commitment. Y'all ready? Let's read it together. I am holy, devoted to the Lord. Therefore, whatever I find my hands to do, I will do it. You will do it with? You will do it with? Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 said, whatever you find your hands to do, do it with all your might. Listen, saints of God, don't start a business unless you're going to go in all the way. 
Don't, don't even get in that relationship unless you're going to go all the way. Don't get in that marriage unless you're going to go all the way. Don't start that ministry unless you're going to go all the way. Hello, somebody. All right, that's our confession there. All right, you ready for the next one? Let's look at this one. Character. Somebody say character. Oh, boy. Now, this one right here is a good one. It's character because one of the main reasons I wrote the book Mixture is because there's a lack of character, not only in corporate America, but there's a lack of character in the leadership in some churches. Mm-hmm. We're seeing it all the time, saints of God. Unfortunately, you get to hear about it because anything bad about a church, you see it on the news. Don't, never mind how many people we feed. Never mind how many marriages are blessed. Never mind how many people we bless overseas with missionaries and money that we send. When there's a disaster, who's there? Christians. Where are the atheists when there's a hurricane? You can't find them. But yet, they want to talk bad about us and what we're doing. But every time there's a disaster, there are Christians there, ready. Hello. All right, I'm just telling y'all some truth here. The pattern of behavior, personality, found in an individual, moral constitution, strength, or fortitude. Somebody said fortitude. See, I love quotes by this man right here. This is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He said, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. See, uh, th this will let you know if you got some character or not, that, that when somebody lean on you or challenge you and you run, you have no character. You have no integrity because you don't want to change. That's pride. Pride will keep you from changing. Because your pride says you know more than the person that's trying to challenge you. And if you're not willing to follow, you're not going to be a good leader. And you're going to look around for the next 10 years and trying to figure out why I'm in the same place I'm in is because of your pride. Am I talking to the right church today? That's a, that's a profound statement right there. Because character is an inside job. Somebody says an inside job. So character is who you are when ain't nobody looking. When, all, when, when nobody is around, character is who you are. When nobody else is around, what are you looking on Facebook? What are you looking at on, on, on Instagram? What are you looking at on, what's that other thing with all the little funny looking? Yeah, the chatty stuff. What are you looking at? Right? You're you looking at stuff you're not supposed to be looking at? You're looking at something. Let me look at this profile, see what they look like. Oh, you better, you better know that's being done. Christians, too. Let me say, ooh, she got on bathing suit. Let me see. Ooh, he's got a nice chest. Ooh, he looked like a, just a cool drink of water. Who is that? Let me friend him. And then you look and just see if he's going to respond. Ooh, he accepted my friend. And then you're debating if you're going to send him a wave. Uh, <laughs> see? Uh-huh. Uh, did I just lose everybody? I just lost everybody. Amen. <laughs> See, back in the day, to wave at somebody, you waved at them. Right. <laughs> now it's on the phone. Oh, uh, you poke them. Well, back in the day, poking was something else. I think I better move on. <laughs> um, all the kids gone. <laughs> back in the day, we call that something else. Let me move on because y'all going to get me in trouble. She said it. I didn't even say it. This is what my mentor said, George Brooks. He was teaching, and uh, me, and, me and Elaine, we meet with them once a month, 
And uh, he made this statement when he was teaching. He said, I am disappointed and discouraged by the men and women that I see in the pulpit who have gone for the glitter and forgotten about the substance. Uh, this is, you're going to hear him next Sunday. And uh, man, um, he actually, he, he's also the one who did the foreword on my book uh, because I wanted Bishop to read my book first and, and give me his views. So he did the foreword on my book. And he said he couldn't put it down when he started reading it because it was just like, man, I, this, is, this is what I, I'm seeing is right now. People are going for the glitter. They're going for the bigness. And, and listen, let, hear my heart in this, saints of God. I don't knock mega ministries, first of all. You got to know my heart in this. I love mega churches. I think mega churches, churches are doing a wonderful job. But there are some who prefer big for the glitter and not for the word. Amen? So that's what I'm talking about. So don't, don't take my statements and think that somehow I'm against the mega church. I love God's church. I'm talking about his church. I love the church. That, I'm telling you right now, if it, if it wasn't for the church, this world would run amok right now. Right? I love God's church now. I, I'm, I'm, I totally love his church. I love what the church represents. I love what the church does for people. But churches are full of flawed people. And there are no perfect churches. We all got issues from the pulpit to the pews. We all got issues. And if we can just settle down in our minds that since we all got some issues, then we can just forgive each other when we make mistakes. So why not forgive the brother in the pulpit? First thing we want to do is condemn them just like the world does. And the first thing I've come in here and say, we got to pray. We're going to pray for, for the congregation first. And we're going to pray that they sit themselves down. And get healed. Amen? Because that's, that's, the, that's the proper thing to do. Now, if they get up on Sunday morning and they continue preaching, that's when I get upset. That's when I say, no, bro, you need to sit down. Because now pride has set in and you think you can't make a mistake to where you need to repent. And that's why you have seen certain preachers dead now. There was a prophecy that came this time. Last year, I said, you're going to see preachers dying because of pride. What did we see? We saw that happening. I said that preachers are going to be stripped of their churches. What have you seen? Stripped of their churches. You have a lot of mega churches are empty right now because of infidelity. Right? More of that is going to happen for people who refuse. That's all I'm saying. Who refuse to repent. Now, that's the same thing for small churches because you got a lot of crap going on in small churches too. So I'm not saying that all issues are going. There are issues everywhere. I'm preaching this message so that you can be a useful vessel so that you will learn how to deal with your issues. And I can learn how to deal with my issues so that when we come together as a church, we can begin to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ so that we can be meat for the master's use. Come on, somebody. And if you're not meat for the master's use, then we're not useful as a church. Check this out. You cannot be powerful publicly unless you are grounded in privately with godly character. Because if you are in the public life and you're not grounded in privately, your public life is going to be exposed. What do we see in the media today? My, 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 my. Everybody's little closet stuff is getting clean. It's coming out like, like, like roaches. And they just, they all over the place. Soon as you talk bad about somebody else, here comes your little skeleton. 
Yeah, then this one called, and I was with you this one, and then, then one messing with little girls, and then this one messing with big girls, and, and now you got this all across the board. It's, 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 it's all across the board. It's, it's Democrats and Republicans. For those of you who are so caught up in politics, all of them are jacked up. <laughs> they all got problems because they need to get saved. They all messed up. And we got the audacity to say, oh, it's the Republicans. Oh, it's the Democrats. No, they all flawed men and women. And that, that is their sins coming to roost. That's the flesh. And you're going to see more of it. Amen? All right. God is upset with all this junk that's going on. Amen? Look at this confession. Y'all ready? I am secretly holy and privately devout. Therefore, I will be powerful publicly because I am ground in privately with godly character. You need to be making these confessions every day. Taquito's sending them to you. See, we got to be secretly holy and privately devout, saints. See, if you're secretly holy, secretly holy, privately devout when ain't nobody looking, then you can be devout when everybody's looking. See, I don't have no problems in the public because I know what I'm doing privately. Amen? Amen? Consistency. It's only five. This is number four. Consistency. Showing steady conformity to the character, profession, belief, or custom free from variation or contradiction. <laughs> oh, boy. There's a scripture in James that says that a double-minded man is, uh, he's unstable. Uh, it says, <laughs> yeah, he's unstable. Yeah. Uh, huh? What did I say? Oh, okay. I thought I said he was stable. Oh, okay. I thought I messed up. So, so a double-minded man is unstable in some of his ways. Ooh, y'all read the Bible. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's unstable where? Oh, my goodness. For real? Anthony Robbins said this. He said, it's not what we do once in a while that shapes our lives. Is what we do consistently. Anthony Robbins said that. Is that pretty good? But see, <laughs> Galatians 6, 9 said, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if, if you faint not. So in other words, we got to be consistent, saints of God. You got to be consistent to come into church. You got to be consistent to reading your word. I'm telling you, this is practical stuff. You need to be consistent to Bible study. <coughs> Bible study needs to be a priority. You need to be consistent to giving. Be consistent to pick up your children on time. They should not be out there waiting on your behind. See, see, when you start, when you start kicking. They start kicking back. I thought y'all were sheep, not goats. <laughs> y'all know the difference, right? You just go right there in Indian Trail. Goats always have their little tail up. And sheep have their tail down because goats are always showing it. <laughs> this is what John Lawson said. Y'all might know that bald-headed rascal. 
The secret to your success and significance is found in your daily routine. What you do daily is going to determine how successful and significant you're going to be. It's your daily. What are you doing daily? The secret to your success is found in your daily routine. What routines do you have right now? What things are in place to make sure that you're successful as a Christian, successful as a business person, successful as a minister of the gospel? If you're not doing something every day, then you will not be successful, saints of God. This is not spiritual. This is practical. I'm giving you some very practical stuff here because we got two people who we got too many people who are super spiritual, but they dumb. They don't have common spiritual sense. They're just flipping all over the place and prophesying the folks because they have no character, no consistency, no commitment. Somebody said, but he ain't talking about me. I know I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying this might be somebody you know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It might just be somebody you know, or it might be somebody that's sitting in the seat you in. <laughs> y'all ready for this? Let me move on. <laughs> I got kicked again. Y'all ready? Let's say it. I am unwavering and resolute in my timing, serving, giving, and living. I am stable. Come on, saints of God. Is this good? There's some practical stuff right here. All right, let me give you the last one real quick because I know you're hungry. How about this one, compassion? Do you realize you can't have compassion without the word passion? Being sympathetic to or concerned for suffering or misfortunes of others, warmth or tenderness. Acts chapter 1, the Bible says, to whom he also presented himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen by them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. God, Jesus himself, the passion of the cross is the, the name of the movie because the cross was a place of pain. If you look at where you're passionate now, usually your passion is tied to your greatest pain. Most do domestic violence advocates are those who have either experienced it themselves or they were in a home where they saw it. That is a place of pain. Therefore, they have passion in that area and they have enough compassion because they were in it. Is that making sense at all? Right? That place of pain. If you are passionate about something, it's probably tied to a place of pain. I'm passionate about preaching the word of God to people who are lost. Because when I was lost, that was a tremendous place of pain for me. Because I had no answers. Prayers, no answers to my prayers. Didn't know where I was going. I was completely lost. But when, when I found Jesus, my whole world changed. And he began to tell me that I actually had a destiny. This is one of the major problems with the millennials today. <coughs> they do not understand that they have a destiny. Or they think that the destiny that they have is based on what they think it is, not based on what God says it is. Amen? Yeah. And it's going to take us, saints, to make sure 
that they understand it. You ready for this confession? Say it with me. I am moved with conviction to help the helpless, to love the unlovable. I will be passionate about spreading the gospel of hope and healing to the lost. See, we need to have compassion for people who are lost. Can you remember when you were? You remember how dark it was? You remember how confused you were? Mm -hmm. Things just weren't coming together. Amen. And so, so this is why, that's, that's it. This is why I wanted to do this message is because m me personally, I want to be a useful vessel for God. I'm preaching the gospel, got a church and all that stuff. That don't mean nothing. I want to be useful to the Father. I want him to look at me and go, wow, you were willing to take courage. You were committed. You were consistent. You had compassion. Come on, somebody. And you had courage. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.